for the one who has knowledge of Brahman, this becomes Nidhidhyasana. For the one who has not gained the knowledge, in spite of repeatedly listening to Vedanta, this becomes meditation. <coughs> in which case, when I say I am Brahman, I superimpose the idea of being Brahman on myself. So, either I see myself as Brahman, that's called Nidhidhyasanam, or I superimpose the idea of Brahman upon I, that becomes the upasana or the meditation. <coughs> of which the author explained Yamaha, we saw Niyama and Tyaga, these three we saw. So and fourth verse said, Sarvam Brahmaeti Vijnana Indriya Grama Sanyamaha. Yamo yamiti samparoktaha abhyasaniyo muhur muhu. Yama is called restraint. Where all my sense organs, mind is all restrained. So it is a practice of restraining himself. Here the Vedantic teacher says how you can bring about a complete restrainment without any effort. How knowledge alone can bring about a total restrainment. How saram brahmeti vijnana what is all brahman? It is vijnana. By this knowledge that what is is brahman indriya grama sanyamaha automatically when everything is brahman there is no reason for any agitation at all. Everything is Brahman, myself, limitless. So what is this Puranam? What is this limitless? There is no scope for any attachment or aversion. No scope for any reaction at all. No scope for an impulse. That being the case, when there is no impulse, no agitation in the mind, then mind naturally becomes silent. Again, there is no fascination any because ananda is my nature. The question of my being fascinated or attracted towards anything doesn't remain. So sense organs also are resolved, they are also silent, and they also happily decide in their locations. So by the knowledge that what is Brahman, that I am Brahman, and Brahman means complete, whole, limitless, that's all there is, that all there is is ananda, fullness, in which there is no scope for any reaction, and there is no such thing as out and in, really speaking. See, when restraint comes, then you find your, your mind goes out someplace and then you bring it back. Your sense organs are out somewhere, you bring it back. Where is out? Where everything is Brahman. Everything is there, there's no out and in, and, you know, there's nothing bringing back. What is is complete. So this is a vision, therefore automatically this vision brings out a complete resolution of my sense organs and mind. So this knowledge brings about yama or restraint, which otherwise is a practice. But here, this, uh, yeah, this knowledge itself 
brings out a complete restraint, meaning that effortless restraint. It can't be called restraint. So what you get by restraining in, in terms of the mind being, you know, focused in its art or located in its location, that automatically happens. So this is when you meditate, then you maintain the flow of thought, flow of the thought of the floor, flow of, I mean, flow of the thought of the same object. That everything is Brahman. Sajayadi Prabhupada, maintaining a thought flow, everything is Brahman, I am Brahman, what is is Brahman? Vijayadi, because of habitual error, if that thought, I am Deha comes, then you remove that and maintain, I am Brahman, what is this Brahman? This is called Tyagaha. This is the Niyamohi Parananda, Niyamat Krete Budai. This Niyama brings out, so what is Niyama here? What's the rule that you follow? The rule that you follow is that you maintain a flow of thought that what is is Brahman, I am Brahman. In that, whenever you find the opposite thought arising from the habitual identification of the body, you alertly remove that. And what remains is Parananda. Because Brahman is the self is Parananda. So Niyamohi Parananda, this Niyama, this practice, you do it happily. Niyama Kriyate Budai. So Budai by the wise people, this kind of a Niyama, of maintaining that flow of the thoughts that I am Brahman, everything is Brahman, that what is Ananda, they happily do that. Who will not want to do that? To be Ananda, to avoid Ananda. Tyagaha Prapancha Rupasya Chidatmatva Avalokanat. Avalokanat. By seeing the fact that what is this chit? That even in form, in fact, is a vehicle for manifestation of consciousness. Just as every ornament is a vehicle for manifestation of gold, every pot and pan is the vehicle of manifestation of clay, and so also every name and form is a vehicle for manifestation of material cause, consciousness. So Chidatmatva Lokanat. Chit is the Atma Sarupa of anything. What is, is truth of consciousness, what I am also is consciousness, meaning that by this vision, just as when I see this object as clay, the partness is already renounced, because I cannot see it as clay unless I renounce the partness. In renunciation of partness also is knowledge that partness is mithya. Why satyam is clay? And so, this prapancha, name and form, is only a reality, is chit or consciousness. And thus, by seeing consciousness as the self and as all pervasive, automatically the name and form is dropped, is let go from my mind. Just as when I see a beggar on the stage and appreciate that as an actor, Recognize who the actor is. In my mind, 
the renunciation of bag has taken place. You follow? How do I renounce? Not with any aversion. It's something with you. If it is there, I have no problem with it. Even if the beggar is there, I have no problem because that costume does not in any way deny my knowledge that this is actor. So names and forms don't in any way deny the knowledge that this is consciousness, I am consciousness. So by seeing the mithyatvam of name and form, you renounce them because that's the real renunciation. When something is known as mithya, there is no more because of botheration in the mind. So this is tyagah, prapancha rupasya, seeing prapancha, the universe says nothing but consciousness, amounts to the renunciation of all names and forms. Tyagohi mahatam puja. This is tyagah, puja, which is most revered by the great people by saintly people, by wise people. Why? Sadyo mokshma yataha, because sadyo mokshma is of the nature of, immediately of nature of moksha. In immediate, as, as, the moment you see that what is consciousness, consciousness is free, so that knowledge itself is moksha. Not that between knowledge and moksha there is some intervention. To see that what is this consciousness, to see that what is this self, to see that what is this whole, that is liberation. So seeing itself is moksha. Sadhya, immediately there is moksha. Between seeing and moksha, oh, now I see that this is, therefore I am liberated. No, see, seeing itself is moksha. <coughs> so Tyaga is explained. Now, Next is maunam. Yamohi niyamastyaga maunam. So in verse 107, the author explains maunam means silence. So silence also is a vrata. For meditation, silence also is a vrata or a niyama or a vow that you take, a discipline that you observe. Silence is a great discipline which the yogis do observe, the law seekers do observe. So, it is called Vaktapas in the Bhagavad Gita. And Shankaracharya also says, Natu Vrtha Vakyam Samucharitam. Do not utter any word which is not necessary. Which is Vrtha, which does not serve the purpose. Lord Krishna is Satyam Prihitam Shayat. You should speak only when what you speak is Satyam Truthful. Hitam, beneficial. Priyam, pleasant, hitam, beneficial. Then only you speak. So that way monam is vak tapas. Tapas or penance at the level of speech, which is considered a very important spiritual discipline. <coughs> Alright? So how do you prescribe that we should observe silence? So what sentence I say this? Yasmadvacho nivartante. Yasmadvacho 
भवेत सर्वदा So what is Maunam? Again, Maunam means Brahma. Because real silence is, Brahman is a real silence. But there is no silence where there is no scope for sound. Silence meaning absence of sound, of course, is silence. Absence of speech also is silence. So normally what we understand by silence is absence of speech. But here is the supreme silence, where speech has no scope. See, when I am observing silence of the nature of absence of speech, then the present speech breaks the silence. Because silence is a state of speech. But the true silence is when the speech is no, speech cannot exist. Speech cannot be, word cannot be, sound cannot be. Meaning that I don't have to make any effort to shut off the sound. I don't have to make any effort of shutting off my organ of speech. Because observing silence sometimes becomes quite difficult. Particularly when a person is talkative and then there's some, some errors to say something. Sometimes we are accustomed to always say, hey, you don't do this. So some people are always accustomed to, you know, pointing out everything, correcting everything, instructing, and so on and so forth. So it's difficult to remain silent when you see things. So then with gestures, you know, and say, hey, don't do that also. Then with, you know, face, with something you do, and if you don't do that inside you are, you know, Quite agitated. So silence as a discipline is good. It, it stop prevents damage if nothing else, which will occur by speaking what is not appropriate. But here it is not observing silence. The wise person should always become this silence. You become the silence. Not practice silence, become silence. How can you become silence? Because you are silence. So, Atma, the Self, can also be described as silence. Brahman or the Self or consciousness can also be described as silence. Not so much by stopping the words, but particularly because of the absence of words where the words cannot reach. So, yatova yasmādvāksvanivartante aprāpya manasāsaha This is simply the statement from Taitya Upanishad. Instead of yata, say yatovāksvanivartante aprāpya manasāsaha So, what is Brahman is described in the Taitya Upanishad this way. In a negative way you can say, that from which the mind nivartande, so vācaha the words, nivartande turn back, yasmāt from which, from which the words turn back, 
aprapya, without wishing. So that from which the words turn back without wishing, manasasa, and bring the mind also along with them. So when words come back, they drive the mind also back. Meaning where the words and the thoughts. You say, words and thoughts always go together. Word and concept always goes together. Go together. Whenever word is uttered, it creates in our mind a concept. Therefore, is a word and manasas, aprapya manasasa, the, the, the speech and the mind, or the word and the thought, or the word and the concept, because they always go together. So wherever word reaches, that is where the concept also will reach. Meaning when you can describe something in word, then you conceptualize it. What is Brahman? But the words has no scope. Words cannot reach. Meaning that it is not available for any description. Na tatra chakshur gachadi, na vag gachadi, na manaha. Says Kema Upanishad, na tatra chakshur gachadi. The eye is meaning the all in the perception have no scope, no reach. It's beyond the reach of the organs of perception. The vagachati is beyond the reach of the organs of action, including speech. The manaha, your mind also cannot reach there. How can they reach? They're all designed. Paranchi khani, vitra swambhu paranchi. All of these have been made extrovert, meaning that that scope of activity is always out. So, organs of perception can see what is out there. The words can describe what is out there. The mind can visualize what is out there. The mind cannot visualize the visualizer. The words cannot speak the speaker, meaning the subject is beyond the scope of the organs of perception, organs of action, and words and thought. And so, therefore, there words try to reach, like the eyes tries to reach the sun and mansion in between. And so words also disappear, thought also disappears. What remains is what you call silence. The true silence where there is no possibility of any sound. And when the mind is no possibility of any disturbance at all, there is not a ripple of thought at all, when you are yourself. So, tad bhavet sarvata The wise should always become this silence, which is the self. Yasmat vacho nivartande that from which the words return, manasasa, along with the mind or thoughts, aprapya, without reaching which. Meaning that when you contemplate upon yourself, to see yourself, words are not necessary, sense organs are not necessary. We need not feel frustrated. How can Swamiji, this mind also cannot, you can't visualize my mind, you can't describe the words. You cannot perceive the organ of perception. Looks like impossible. No. Even that's a blessing. So stop doing it. Meaning that cannot describe the world, stop it. Cannot visualize by sense, stop it. 
visualize the mind, just stop it. In the world, when you stop seeing or perceiving, when you start, stop describing, when you stop thinking or, or contemplating, conceptualizing, when all activities stop, then what will remain is you. See, what the Yoga Shastra seeks to do, yesterday he said, Yoga Chitta Vratti Nirodha. Yoga means stoppage of all the thoughts. So all of that is based on focusing attention on thought. And then you stop it. Here, all of this is based on focusing attention on the self, you understand. So thoughts automatically stop. He focuses attention on thought and then try to stop them and control, etc. Why worry about thoughts? Just be yourself. Thoughts have no scope there at all. Words have no scope. And therefore you are silence. Then silence no more remains state of the speech. Silence no more remains the state of the mind. Usually that is what is called silence. But in fact, even the word silence also is not applicable. It's even the lakshyatha or the implied meaning of the word silence also. But yet maunam, that maunam, that silence. Yogi vihigamyam. That silence you cannot attain by an effort. The silence that takes place by letting go of every effort. No sense perception effort, no effort to describe, no effort to visualize, no effort to think. If all of this given then, then maunam yogi virgamyam, maunam that is attained by the yogis, tad bhavet sarvadha the very self, buddha sarvadha bhavet, may the wise person become the silence. And therefore become the silence. It is not that you silent your mind, not that you silent your speech, you become silence. Because consciousness is silence. There's no word, no thought. So there must be or one can meditate, I'm silence. Silence I am. So Mona and Shantoham. Going to the next word. So this silence is further explained. The author seems to feel it necessary to explain silence and monam in more than one verses. No idam pratek abhinna brahman sandhanam dhyanarubam chaturdhasamangam pratiyade. So somebody asked a question of the author. That when you outline the fifteen steps of this yoga, the fourteenth was Atmadhyana. The fourteenth step was Atmadhyana. So the way you describe the silence sounds like Atmadhyana. Meaning that yogi tat bhavet may become silence, thus I am silent, may you meditate that I am silence. So it looks like your prescription of maunam is essentially equivalent to atmadhyam's meditation of oneself, which is maunam. So what's the difference between 
this step called monam and this step called atmadhyanam meditation among the two words looks like both are the same. All right. Idhyasankya, Suvarasyat. And so the author also feels that, yeah, I think your objection seems to be fairly justified. So prakarantara monamivalakshayati, therefore, in a different way now the author explains maunam. Sardena. Sardena means what? Ardena means what? In one and a half verses. So, author explains that. Vacho yasman nivartande. Tadvaktum kena shakyade. Prapancho yadi vaktavya. So That from which the vāg of the words turn away without reaching, tadvaktum kena shakyade. So now the maunam is of a different, you know, the same thing is described in a different way. What is maunam? Silence is the absence of speech is called silence. So all right, you want to say something. So, you can say something when you want to describe something, when you want to communicate something, right? When do we use words? When do we say something when we want to describe something? We want to communicate something? So, what something are you talking about? I want to talk about a pot. What is this pot? You will talk about this pot. What is this pot? It is clay. Is it clay? It is what? Asti bhadi priyam. So then if you want to describe a part, what part really is, you describe asti bhadi, which does not lend itself to description by words anyway. Because that alone you can describe, which is shabda pravritti nimitta is a, only when something possesses the characteristics which make it available for describing our words. Anything that can describe in words, only if it possesses certain attributes. Like jati. You can describe something based on jati or the species, that this is an animal, this is a human being, this is a tree, this is that. Or the brahmana, kshatriya, man, what is born? So what is born can be described by the species in which it is born or by the designation that it has, that can describe. Kriya. Anything that has some activity can be described. So person can be described by the person or something can be described by the jati. 
species to which it belongs, or something and describe by the kriya, the action that it performs, like a cook, like a driver, like a teacher. So these are the description based on the action that an individual performs. So a thing can be described by the jati, the species to which it belongs. It can be described by the action that it performs. Guna, in case it possesses some guna or virtue or quality, like it is red, it is yellow, it is good, it is bad, it is beautiful, etc. So jati, kriya, guna, sammanda. Somebody can be described based on the relationship, the secretary, you know. So secretary means somebody related to the boss in certain way. Cousin. So is a relationship. So I can describe a person based on this kind of relationship. So jati, kriya, guna, sammanda. Or rudi. Or this, or something can be called, you know, it is just a name. Devyatta, yajnyatta, etc. So if any entity possesses one or more of these attributes, then alone it is available for being described in words. But Brahman doesn't have jati because it is birthless. Only that is born in the jati. Kriya. Brahman actionless, there is no kriya in there. You can't describe Brahman is, uh, you know, creator, sustainer. It's not that. Though kriya also is not there. Brahman is great, Jati also is not there, even Guna is also not there. So that is Nirgunam, doesn't have Guna, Nishkriyam, doesn't have Karma, Ajam, doesn't have Jati, Asanga, doesn't have Samanda, relationship. So Brahman being what it is, cannot be described in any convention or any ways that are available to us for describing something in words. Brahman doesn't fit into that. So now you want to talk about Brahman. What will you do? You just will remain silent. So how do you attain silence? Simply try to describe Brahman. You become silent. Vacho yasman nivartante tadvaktum kena shakyate Who can describe that from which the speech returns, meaning that which is beyond the scope of speech, which does not possess any attribute which will make it available for being described in speech. So, kena sabdene, in what word can you describe? Kena prakana, in what manner can you describe? Kena vakta, who can describe? In no way, Brahman is available for words, therefore, when you want to use word for Brahman, you become silent. The only way that you can communicate Brahman is by silence. You use a word and then you already qualified it. The only way you can come. So, Maunavyakya, Prakarapara Brahma Tattvam, you know, Dakshana is described as one that communicates in silence. Silence is the nature of the self and that self is conveyed in silence. So they were, all right. Suppose you want to describe the universe. So
So Brahman you cannot describe, not available description in word, therefore moment you utter Brahman, one, one talk about Brahman, you remember, the only way you can do that is by silent, being silent. Suppose you want to talk about universe, prapancha. Prapancha vidi vaktavya. Suppose you want to talk about prapancha. What this is going to talk about this, describe this. So Vishabda Vivarjita with this also is not available for being described in words. Before description you have to come to this basic conclusion. Is this is this object sat? Is this sat or asat? For example, rope snake. Ask the question. Rope snake is or is not? Rope snake is or is not? Please tell me. Is or is not? Simple question. Vedantic scholars are not saying, you know. <laughs> so you cannot say that rope snake is, because what is cannot not be, and when you show a toss like that, the snake is no more there, therefore you can't say snake is. Satchitna if it is, then it cannot not be. And when you show the tall, the snake is no more there, why you can't say it is. You can't say it is not. Had it not been there, it would have been perceived. The fact that you perceive that, then you cannot say it is not. The fact that it doesn't remain when you really investigate, you can't say it is. So I ask the question, is it or is it not? None of the answers is, in fact this is a question which cannot be answered. If you have your choice, is or is not. There is no choice because you cannot say it is, nor can you say it is not. So describe the snake, use the word for it. Oh that's Swami, that's our snake. What about this? This is a part. What is this? Is it or is it not? The universe also. In reality is not significant substantially different from a rope snake. Because just as the rope snake is, is a projection, so also is the universe. Not talk about the dream world, that will be easier. Is the dream world, is it there or not? Swami, I cannot say it is not there because I, I experienced it. I felt it. But I can't say it is because nobody made with me. I, I won a lottery there and I had a million dollars and I don't have a penny now. How about the dream element? Is it there or not? It can't be there because there is no scope for element being there in that little place where I am experiencing dream. But I experience it. Since I experience I can't say it is not. 
The same way I can't say it is because it is not probable at all. So just as our dream world, you cannot say it is, you cannot say it is because there is no dream world once you wake up. You cannot say it is not because while you are in dream you very much experience it. It's called mithya. So basically it does not lend itself. In being described as is or is not, then there is a question of other words. Basically this word itself you cannot use that it is or it is not. And so also the waking world is also a projection. You cannot say it is not because you experience it. You cannot say that it is because in deep sleep you don't experience that, you know. Had it been there, you cannot get rid of it. Something which is there, Lord Krishna says, Na sato vidyate bhavaha, na bhava vidyate asadaha. Asadaha. That which is can never not be, and that which is not can never be. So if the world was there, it could never not be, but in deep sleep it is not. If it is not there, it can never be, but then, as I say, in the waking state it seems to be there. So this world also does not lend itself to being called is or is not. That's the only two words we have, really. We don't have a third word. Deva prapanchoi devaktavya. If you ever describe prapancha, Sopi Shabda Vivarajita, that also is Shabda Vivarajita, is devoid of words, is or is not. And therefore, neither Brahman, so you want to talk about Brahman? If you really want to talk about it with understanding, the only way you can communicate Brahman is just by being silent. That's the only thing that's applicable to Brahman, because you, the word, means you are defining it, defining it. You to communicate the universe, again you, because you just have to become silent. You want to describe the prapancha. So the wise person, he, he doesn't know, nothing to talk about. Iti bhavet satam sahaja sanyadam. Satam for the wise people. Sahaja sanyadam. You know sahaja? Janmana sahajaya, that means born along with you is called sahaja, which is, which is natural, which is effortless, which is, you know, inherent. Satam, sir, this is the maunam or silence inherent for the wise people. The very nature of the wise people. So the maunam silence that we are talking about is what? Is inherent nature of the wise people. I mean, it's inherent in everybody, but for the wise person, it becomes just inherent. It becomes an effortless. Because he knows, word does not do anything. Word has no meaning at all. A word cannot mean Brahman. A word cannot mean Prapancha. A word has no meaning at all. And there was no point in using words. And there were what remains is silent, which is the self. Sahaja, which is the inherent nature. <coughs> So this is another, another description of maunam that is given. In case you did not like the previous, not satisfied the previous one, thinking that that, that explanation or description was like atma dhyan, that here is real maunam. Because you can't communicate Brahman, 
You can't communicate word, you can't communicate anything, because word just does not convey what you want to convey, and never. When you realize it, you just become silent. Is it not so? Sometimes we become silent because we don't know what to say. Or, or we find that there's nothing to say. You have no word to describe what, you know, what is. So the silence that arises is from knowledge. You understand? Silence two ways. Either you restrain your speech or by knowing what is, you realize that the word has no scope at all and therefore automatically becomes silent. So sahaja sanjita. For the wise person, that silence is something natural, not something with an effort. Hey, but wait a minute. Silence is always prasiddham. Vāṅyamane prasiddham maunam. But silence means restraining speech. That's how the word silence is known. And you are talking about silence in this way. You are describing maunam or silence in a very strange way, he says. Because the word silence or maunam is well known as restraint of speech. So, yeah. So, last line is, Gira maunam dvāyāna prayuktam brahmavādhivi. It is true. Brahmavadivi prayuktam. Brahmavadivi by the speakers or teachers of Brahman. Meaning those who want to communicate or those who want to teach about Brahman to the, the, the disciples. Bharana for the immature people. So Bharana is children of immature people. That is true. That the sages do prescribe Mahon silence as restraint of speech for those who are still immature. Those who are mature, meaning those who know what a word can do, realize that word cannot do anything. What is no scope in describing Brahman, what is no scope in describing the universe, what is no scope there ever, automatic that knowledge in itself brings about a cessation of word. So that's the natural silence. But when you are not ready for that kind of silence, okay, I'm just, don't talk. So restrain your speech or silence for, for the other people. Bharana, for children, for the immature people. <coughs> so this is Mahanam. Now next is Desha. So when you meditate, they also prescribe the place and time. Suchavudeshe, Pratishthapya, that's all right. But then, Vivikta Desha Sevitvam or Vivikta Desha Cha Sukhasanastaha. So describing the meditation, Kaivalya Upanishad says, Vivikta Desha Cha Sukhasanastaha. Vivikta Desha means a place of solitude. So a place that is described, ideal for meditation is a place which is free from all disturbances, where you are by yourself. Ekādhiyata chitta-ātmā yogi yunjitas ātmānu rahasi sthita hai rahasi means in, 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 you know, where there is solitude. Ekādhi, where you are by yourself. Therefore, the place also is very important, which is free from all disturbances. 
which is also where you are all by yourself. So that is a place that is described ideally for meditation. It is called desha. So while prescribing meditation, they also prescribe desha or the place. So then what is your prescription of desha? So next one says that. Adavante Chamadeja Jano Yasmina Vidyade Yenidam Satatam Vyaptam Sadesho Vijanas Mutaha So, desha, vijana, so, vivikta desha or vijana desha. In dhyana or meditation, they prescribe vivikta desha, solitude, or vijana. Vijana means devoid of any people. So, desha, vijana, smutaha. Vijana means also where there is no jana, no human being, which is solitude. Which you are by yourself. So, what is the ideal place where you are by yourself, where nobody else is present? as well, Adavantesha Madhyecha Janu Yasmin Vidyate, where Jana cannot be. See, Vijana is solitude where, from where the Jana has gone away. So, Vigataha, Janaha, Yasmat, Sah, Vijana, that from which the Jana or person has gone away, man has gone away, is called solitude. Meaning that person, Jana can come back. You may perhaps resort to solitude, such that no, there is nobody there. All right? But people say, hey, Swamiji is here, suppose. And then the people can come there. Meaning, the, what we call solitude is subject of being crowded. You know, it is it's likely, you know, that means. So there is no place which is without jana by itself. A place can always be occupied, you understand? That's called place. That's called space which accommodates. So it can always be occupied. Right now the place is solitude without any company, without anybody, therefore you can call it solitude. But at some other time it can have people. So real solitude is where people, person cannot be, you follow? Where person cannot be, if such a place is there, that's the real solitude. Is it not so? There is no such place in the, in the world, on the earth. Even North Pole, you can go anywhere. So right now there may not be anybody, but somebody can be there, and people have been there, even Everest also, they went all the way. There is no place that can be really called Vijana or Solitude, because it is subject to being occupied. It Right now it may be unoccupied, and you can call it Solitude, but then it is subject to being occupied. So real solitude is a place which cannot be occupied. What is that? Adavanteja Madhyecha Jano Yasmin Navidyare. So Jana, now this Jana in the first line has a meaning slightly different from Jana in the second line. Second line, Vijana. That Vijana means solitude. Where Jana or person is not there. But first, Janaha is what? 
Jayate iti janaha, that which is born is called janaha. That includes what the whole universe. So in the first line the word janaha stands for the universe because it is subject to birth. You and I are also called janaha because we are subject to birth, because we are born, that we are called janaha. Because in what janaha, the root jan is there, the right means born. So since you and I are born, so we are called jana. But by the same token, the whole universe is born. So that also can be called jana, isn't it? Adamanteja manteja jano yasmin vidyate. This jana of the universe does not exist where? In the beginning, in the middle, or even at the end. In the past, present, and future. What is the rope? Hoop is that where the snake never was, the snake never is, the snake never will be. Tino is not there all three periods of time, is it not so? When you say, hey, oh, why do you look like a snake? What snake are you talking about? Rope has no idea of the existence of snake, really. Rope says, I am, that's all it is. Where did you get the snake? So what is rope? There which where the snake was not there in the beginning. Snake is not there even when it appears to be. And snake will not be because the moment the snake tries to go to rope it disappears. Is it not so? Moment the mithya tries to go to satyam doesn't remain. Adavandeja madhya, adav in the beginning, a time of creation, ante a time of dissolution. Madhya in between, Jano Yasmin Navidyade. So the superimposition does not exist in substratum, beginning, middle, or end. Superimposition such as snake does not exist in substratum such as a rope, before, in the middle, or later, because there is no connection between them. One is an appearance, one is satyam, one is mithya. Mithya is never there in satyam before, in the middle or later. Similarly, whole janaha, the whole universe is what? Is also a projection, a superimposition. As you say, number of times, what is part is a jana, created. What is the part? Name and form. Superimposition one, asti, bhati, priyam. Please tell me, do these names and forms do they have existence in asti bhadi priyam? A name and form is a superimposition and has no place at all in substratum, which is asti bhadi priyam. So janaha, anything that is subject to being one, whole prapancha, it does not exist, it never was, it is not, it will never be, where? Yasmin Navidyade. Oh, then it's transcendental, simply Yenam Satam Vyaptam. But damage pervades. So this part has no existence in Astibhadi Priyam. But Astibhadi will very much pervades the parts, because part cannot be without that. So the beggar is not there at any time in the wildly actor. Actor, having taken the role of a beggar, 
the beggar never existed in him. Even when the beggar is seen, it is not in him. And the beggar will never be in him. Meaning that, what is actor? Is the one that is totally devoid of beggar. So if you want to go to a place where there is no beggar, where should you go? You go someplace. But there also beggar can come. Where will you go? Go to the actor. Beggar cannot come there. Actor is real one which is truly devoid of beggar. At the same time, actor pervades the beggar. Beggar is not independent. Similarly also, the universe has no place at all in Asti, Bhadi, Ben Brahman. The Adishthana. Same time, Brahman pervades the universe. Because the universe cannot be, name and form cannot be without Asti, Bhadi, Brahman. Asti, Bhadi, Brahman has no existence, no, name and form is no existence in Asti, Bhadi, Brahman. So, Adavante, Jamadhyaja, Jano, Yasmin, Navidyade, Yasmin in which? Janaha, the creation doesn't exist. So the word jana is used. So what is Brahman? Vijanam. Without janam. Yenedam, Sadam Vyaptam. But the, what is desha? Desha means place. Means space. Space is there which accommodates. Which pervades is called space. So Brahman must be Janaha. It must be de, Vijana Desha. It must be something that Desha means accommodates also. And vijayam is must be without any jana. So when they prescribe the place for meditation, the place must accommodate you, that's why it's called space, place, desha. Where you can be accommodated and that which is without any company. So if Brahman has to be that kind of a place, then Brahman should accommodate you, same time without any jana. So yenedam satam vyaptam Brahman is that which accommodates the whole universe, which pervades. So just as it is called space. So avakasha pradatru akasham. Space is that which accommodates, it is called space. So Brahman can be called space because it accommodates the whole universe. So it is desha. So vijana desha. The same time the jana has no scope in there also. So Brahman is called vijana desha. Desha because it accommodates. Vijana because it is totally devoid of jana. Therefore, the Vijana Desha in ideal is what is it? Brahman. So Desho Vijana Smutaha, that Desha, that is accommodates everything, that is sustains everything, that is Brahman. If space accommodates all that, the space also is not all the time. There is no space in deep sleep state there. Who accommodates that? Only one thing, namely Brahman. Atra janasya trikari gavava anuhavikaha svapratitya The absence of jana is to be recognized by one's own self. It is one's own knowledge, one's own experience or one's own knowledge. Is not something that can other people know. Where were you, Swamiji? Suppose you ask. I was in Vijana Pradesh. I was in absolute solitude. Why? So many people were around you. No, no, no. So that is Anubhavik, something that is to be so, so Pratitya 
This Vijana Pradesha is something to be known as your own knowledge. Because it is not something of a place as such. It is not a place that is called Vijana. It is the is Brahman your own self that is called. So if you abide in yourself, in true sense you are in Vijana Pradesha. So you know that you will be other people don't know. They think that hey, you are in this place, Swami there are so many people there. So so not the Laukika Shastriya Pratidibhyam. So people may not see that. People may not be aware of your Vijana Pradesha. It is for you to be there by oh, your own knowledge or experience. <coughs> Virodha. Because for them to see you and for you to be there, both this cannot be. If there are people to see you where that you are in a solitude place, so number one people, as it is even when you are in solitude, suddenly people cannot see you. Oh Swami, I saw you, you are in solitude. That means I was not in solitude because you were there. So somebody being present and Vijana Pradesha is a contradiction anyway. Similarly also you being in Vijana Pradesha and somebody, yes Swamiji, I realize how you are in Vijana Pradesha, how you are totally in solitude. If you saw that, that means you were there. That is not Vijana Pradesha. So, this Vijana Pradesha is simply by one's own being, one's own. That's what the Tikakara says, one's own experience. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Grutavande Bhagavanta Unaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Veda Vivagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shantishantishantihi Hariyo Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hariyo